This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. And I've added this week on, I intended to, we were supposed to have ended last week, and I decided several weeks ago that there was one more passage that I felt like the Lord was leading us to in Ezekiel. And so Ezekiel 47, I want to read you just one verse of scripture, and then I'm going to talk you through this passage of scripture, but Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9, and I'm just reading the first half of the verse, but it says, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. Every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. That's very important. Everything that we've done today, every song that we have worshipped the Lord to has been all about the joy and the river of life and, and living life. And that was on purpose and it was intentional to get us to this point to understand that every living thing that moves where the river goes, it will live. So you see Ezekiel, he has come back and he's walked through the last conversation we had, the glory of the Lord return uh, to the temple. And then I talked to you last week about pressing in and getting close and reaching in, stepping into the presence of God. And I talked to you very briefly about the every step that we take closer as we peel off the layers and we enter into the presence of God. It requires some extra effort from us. Not only does it require some extra effort as the steps grew larger, as they, there were more steps as you got closer to the presence, but the, the gate, the entranceway got more narrow. So not only did it require more effort from us, not only does it require more effort for us to enter into the presence of God, but it also requires us to leave some stuff behind. We can't walk in with all of our baggage. We can't walk in with all of our junk and all of our relationships. It doesn't mean that we have to be perfect before we enter into the presence of God. That's not it at all. It means that we allow God to take those things, remove them from our life as he draws us to him so that he makes us whole and complete in him rather than the baggage that's attached to us. That was a mouthful. Did you get it? Maybe not. So here we are in chapter 47, and Ezekiel has been taken through the temple, and he's been shown specific things and how this is going to work, and now he's brought back to the entrance of the temple. And the Word of God says that there is a stream that flows from the threshold of the door of the temple. And this angelic being, because there's been somebody that's taken Ezekiel through this entire process, takes Ezekiel around and they go out to the outside. And to the outermost part, they look and there the river continues to flow, the stream continues to flow completely outside of the temple area. That's important. And so, this angelic being begins to take Ezekiel along, and they begin to have this conversation 
about the river. And I want to tell you three truths today about the river that I believe we need to apply to our life. First of all, the river is not a lazy river. The river is not a lazy river. You ever been to the beach or you've been somewhere and they have a lazy river and you get in and you cruise around real, real slow and it's just peaceful, relaxing, you're in that little float and in just a minute you look up and you're in the exact same place you were a few minutes ago and then it keeps on going around and then some kid is being obnoxious and crazy and trying to swim in the lazy river and that's annoying and they bump into you but then you end up right back in that same little place again. You know what I'm talking about? That river never leaves the place within those four walls. It takes you around something pretty, and it, it takes you all around, and you see the scenery, you see whatever, but it never leaves that place. It just surrounds over and over and over. They're fun to me, the first two laps, and I'm done. I'm bored. Give me the wave pool where I got to fight the waves to swim. The river that Ezekiel was seeing is not a lazy river. I got curious, and just because I am the way that I am, I looked up a lazy river, and Myrtle, wa Myrtle Waves in Myrtle Beach describes their lazy river as a 330,000-gallon 330, river attraction. The lazy river produces a gentle current that moves the guests around the river in a relaxing tube ride. The reason that I wanted to look this up it's because I'm determined in many ways that the river, the stream Ezekiel saw flowing out from the temple is not a lazy river. Obviously, we've already made the fact that the river goes around in circles and it stays within that resort, right? It's very clear that this river went out of the temple. A lazy river would circle around this beautiful sanctuary area. It'd go up and down the halls and come back around. It'd come back through and it'd go back. It might run out to the fellowship hall and run back around. It would have a set amount of water in the lazy river. That's really what prompted me to look up a lazy river is I wanted to know how much water was in the lazy river. Many of them just said hundreds of thousands of gallons. I wanted to know a number because somebody knows how many gallons of water are in that lazy river. You agree? Maybe you don't care and that's okay. I didn't either until I started processing this thought. Because there's a limited number of gallons of water in that lazy river. But the river that flows out of the temple of God has no limitation. It continues to flow. And it's really interesting as this river goes, and the further that it goes, the deeper it goes, the stronger it gets. That just in itself is this crazy thought process. But there is no stopping this river. There is no end to the flow. The Spirit of God has no limitation. The Spirit that flows out of this house has no limitation. It's not a lazy river. It's not limited. Well, we're going to move just this way, just this, 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 this how, this shape. It's this beautiful little trail around. We're going to do it this way. We're going to do it for this long. We got this much of the Spirit, and when it's out, it's out. We'll start over again later. The Spirit Ezekiel witnessed rolling out of the temple was nothing like that. 
There was no limitation. There was no beginning. There was no end. He said it, it starts as coming out of the threshold. And it's really interesting because the temple was built on solid rock. So here actually we see the water coming up out of the rock and it's rising up out of the threshold and it's flowing not into the temple but out of the temple and it's going out. It's not a lazy river. It also is interesting to me the second truth is that the river flows to dry, dead places. What is the purpose of a river flowing through the middle of a desert to a body of water that no life can inhabit? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But this river literally flows out of the temple and it throws through, flows through one of the driest deadest deserts and it ends up in the dead sea I don't think it's an accident that the vision that Ezekiel saw shows the river of life flowing straight through a dead situation straight ending up right smack dab in the middle of a dead pool of water the dead sea is so full of salt that life cannot live there But yet we see the river flow through those places. So the question is, God, why did you waste the resources? Y'all know I'm crazy. And some of you have probably thought that about Mitchell. Why did you waste the resources, God, to put a river... If you're going, to exp you're going to allow this unlimited amount of water to flow, why wouldn't you let it flow to this beautiful, luscious garden, Lord? Why wouldn't you let it, why, why wouldn't you let it feed this gorgeous, beautiful garden? Why not the Garden of Eden? I can't wait to walk and see the Garden of Eden. I believe that it is amazing. Why not let it flow through this beautiful, luscious garden? Something like looks like they would put a Disney World where it's just like, wow, how do they even do this? Why not, let it, why not let it flow through something like that and end up dumping off into this massive, huge, beautiful Niagara Falls waterfall into this, this monstropious lake that's just crystal blue water where life and fish are just blooming and blossoming? Why, why not, Lord? You've wasted the resources, God, to allow this beautiful stream to come out of the church and go through this deadest place it could possibly go through to get to the deadest place it could possibly go to. But we question how the resources are used. You question how you're being used. God, why am I in the middle of the deadest place I could possibly be? Why is it that you're taking me through this season? Why is it that I went through the journeys that I've gone through to be dumped out in this place where it looks like it's lifeless? You think about it. You consider your, I, I hope, I'm speaking life into you, you're a valuable resource to the kingdom of God. And if you think of yourself as a valuable resource to the kingdom of God, you had to have had a point in your life where you said, what in the world am I doing at this place? God, why are you using me here when you could be putting me in the middle of a luscious garden where people could be flourishing from what it is that I'm going through? 
But the river unmistakably flowed through the desert and dumped into the Dead Sea. But the river is life. This would be so interesting to me because as they're walking along this river and they go out and they're keeping measurements and we'll talk about it in just a minute, but they go out and they end up making it out. They got a thousand cubits. And exact, you, you know exactly how far that is. And then they got another thousand cubits. It's 1,750 feet. They go out the 1,750 feet. They go out the next 750 feet. They go out the next 1,750 feet. And when they get to the point that they're at the end of the rope, and point has been proven, and I'll tell you what that is in just a minute, but Ezekiel said, I think it was right around verse 7, he said, and he brought me back. And when I turned back and looked, there were trees on both sides of the river. Is that what your Bible says? You don't know you don't have it open. Let me tell you what mine says. Published by Nelson Publishers, the New King James Version. And verse 7 says, When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. But I don't understand, God. You just wasted the resources to put a river in the middle of a desert. And now I turn around and there's very many trees. And he goes on and he said the water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and then enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. He said, and it shall be, this is where I read you earlier, it shall be that every living thing that moves, whenever the river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. We could go so many different directions. First of all, the dead, dry situation, when the river entered into that place, turned into a place of life. It's a dry desert. You can go look geographically. It's a terrible, it's one of the hottest, driest deserts that the river could have run through. No life. But as they're passing through, I think it's crazy. When I read this, there's my mind so many different places. Ezekiel was had to, he had to be brought back. They didn't see, I don't think he saw the trees walking through the first time. To be honest with you, I don't know that the trees were there when they walked through examining the river and checking out the depth and the strength of the river. I don't even know that the trees were there. I believe it won't till he got to the end. It won't till he got to he was fully engulfed and he realized this river is over my head. You just sang about that a little bit ago. It's over my head. That's what we're talking about. I don't think it was until that point that he turned around and looked and said, wow, where did the life come from?
The life came from the river. And as this river from the temple dumped into the Dead Sea, I really can't say the word, but it's desalination. It desalted the water so that where there was no life, now there is a great multitude of fish. He said, anything that the river touches will live. So, the river's not a lazy river. It has nothing to do with staying in the temple of God. The river doesn't even run through the temple. It starts at the door on the way out. And it flows into dead, dry places. But it does it to bring life. And so, the river, in case you are not with me yet, is the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit. We have Jesus, we've accepted Christ, but we only get to do that. We have the relationship with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is not meant to be contained within the walls of the temple. Whether we're talking about this building as our man-made temple that we come together to worship in, or whether you're talking about the temple of your life and your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't care which way you look at it. Either way, for it to be a lazy river, and just to flow and swirl around inside of you to make you feel good or for it to swirl around inside of this church to make us feel good is wrong. Now, he's the comforter. He's the peace speaker. He, Jesus said, I'll give you one that's greater than I. He'll be the, the teacher. He'll be the one to comfort you. There's no doubt that, that that's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But the river did not flow from the threshold inside. It flowed from the threshold out the door. And they walk and they start measuring out the thousand cubits, which is a really long ways, and this sanctuary is not very long. We're going to say we made it a thousand. It says, and he, he measured out a thousand cubits, and he took him across what at this point is a stream of water. And your Bible says, that the water went up to his ankles. And before they stepped out a thousand further, I, I had to think. We enjoy going and my grandparents have a place we can go to in Beaufort, Moorhead. I'm not a big fan of the ocean. I don't like sand. I'll just leave it at that. But I enjoy in the evenings going and walking along the beach and I enjoy getting my feet wet in the ocean water. But I don't put on a bathing suit to go walk on the beach walking into the sunset holding hands with my lovely Micah. I kick off my flip-flops. 
And if I got on jeans, I'll roll them up or I'll take my socks off and I'll walk in the water. And I went get back in the car. You have no clue my feet have been wet. Right? So they step out another thousand. And he takes them across and he says, the water was up to my knees. Now I hate it when a wave rolls in that I didn't see coming and it rolls up and gets my shorts wet. Right? Because then they're cold and they're wet when you go get back in the car and it's aggravating. But when I still get out and go wherever I'm going, you probably will never know that I was in water up to my knees. Right? See, when I'm in ankle-deep water, I can kick my feet around. I can play in it. I, when you go get in a swimming pool, I'm not the guy to dip my toe in and feel it. I'm the guy that dives in head first and gasps for air when I get to the bottom because I'm freezing cold. I dive into anything head first. And when I step in and I'm in knee-deep water, I can look down and sometimes I can see my feet and sometimes I can wiggle my toes and I see a little crab coming and I don't like it, I can back up or, or whatever it is, but I still don't put my bathing suit on to get in knee-deep water. But Ezekiel said he took me out another thousand and when we got out that next thousand, he said he tried to take me across and you could not cross, it would overtake you. He said you had to swim. There is no way whatsoever you can go get in a swimming pool and you can get shoulder deep over your head where you would be overtaken if you don't start swimming and get out and not be dripping wet. You agree? So the question is, if we're walking in the Spirit and we're walking along this stream and we're walking along this river and we allow God to take us across every once in a while. We allow him to put us right smack dab in the middle of the dead situations and the dead places. And it's paving the way. We have no clue where we're even going. But we turn back and there's life. The question is though, are we walking in it ankle deep where we can dry our feet off real quick and put our shoes back on and nobody has a clue? Or are we stepping up to our knees and we, it feels good and I can see the bottom and I can twiggle my toes and then I can get out and I can dry off and nobody knows I've been wet? Or are you and I all in where we're to the point that for us to be fully engulfed in the Spirit of God, we're having to swim? There's no way whatsoever somebody could look at us and not say, there is something different about that person. There's something different about, they've been wet. They're anointed. They're gifted. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on with them. They must be a Christian person because there's something different about them. They've been wet. I'm not perfect. I'll tell you that all day, every day. And if I don't ask Micah, I'm not perfect. And there's days my hair might be dry because I'm not really in over my head like I should be. But I can assure you, every day of my life, I do my very best to live it that if I step out and I'm in a dry place anyway whatsoever, I'm doing my best to water them dead trees that don't even exist. My body is soaking wet with the Spirit of God. 
See, those trees, I, I think it's awesome that Ezekiel didn't turn around and see trees growing up in the river. I think that's great. What does it matter? Well, you don't have to get on the river. You don't have to jump on my boat. You don't have to get in this river to be affected by the Spirit. Because those trees were along the banks on both sides. Very many trees grew because the river just went through the area. And as I flow through and I allow God to, to move me and, and move me in my life, as you begin to walk and you begin to swim through the Spirit, as you walk as the Spirit, trees are going to be begin to plant and they're going to begin to come up around you. Not in the river. I hope and pray there's 12 or 1,500 people that show up Saturday at Arnett Park. Realistically, hopefully, I would be content if five come here next Sunday. I don't, I, I want them to come. I want them to be a part of what's going on, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to attempt to give 12 to 1,500, 12 or 1,500 people the, the ministry of the gospel to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. You need Jesus and Jesus died on a cross for you and he loves you and he's alive and he can do amazing things for your life. If we do that, we're successful. They may never step in my river. But if my river can somehow provide some life to them, even though they're on the banks, that's okay. Because they got to pull water from somewhere. John chapter 7 verse 38. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart for rivers of living water. Jesus said, you're the temple. Your heart is the threshold. It has nothing to do with you, my friends. It has nothing to do with me. To sit in a lazy river, I get to sit down and ride in and enjoy the ride. God's given me another day to work. Most days, I wish I could figure out some way or another to rearrange my schedule to do more days work for Him. The day you were given today to wake up and live was another day for that river to flow out of your heart. The river of life. And I thought about John chapter 5. There's a pool in Jerusalem called Bethesda. You know this. And they're walking through one day and at a certain time an angel would come down. He'd stir up the waters and the first one that jumped in, I'd imagine they probably were like me and dove in head first and didn't really feel to see what the water felt like. They received a healing. And Jesus walks by this man that's been laying there for 38 years. He said, hey, don't you want to be healed? The man said, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. 
He said, man, take up your bed and walk. Rise and be healed. And see, what the Lord showed me through this is this. Jesus is my example. I'm not waiting on a physical river to spring up from the threshold of that door. Actually, I kind of am. It's kind of funny now that I think about it, but I'll tell you later. See, I don't have to pick somebody up anymore and stick them in a pool to be healed, become some angelic being, reaches down and stirs the water. Because, because I believe in his word and I believe in what he says. He said, those same waters that flow from the temple now flow through you. Out of my belly flow rivers of living water. So now I can look and say, hey, dead situation, get up and rise and walk. And wherever I go, life is going to flourish around me. In dead situations, drop right smack dab in the middle of a dead sea. I don't even think there was no fish in the dead sea. And now the word says there's going to be a great multitude of fish. So not only did God multiply them, he had to plant one in there to start with. The question is, are you wet? Would you stand with me? I'll be honest with you. I think that there's been a lot of days that you and I have stepped in this house together since I got here almost one year ago. And all we've done is got our ankles wet. We walked out of here with our feet dried off. And when you got to the restaurant to eat that fried chicken, nobody had a clue that you had been wet today. Now, there's been some days I believe that we've been a little deeper and I believe we might have been in up to our knees. But I think see, I think that we're almost scared. Because when I start getting out so deep that I have to swim, I can't see the bottom anymore. I can't see that I'm standing on solid ground anymore. I have to then rely on the current of the river to take me wherever in the world it is that I'm supposed to go. And I don't believe that you and I have experienced a day in this house together in the last 11 months where we've been in the spirit over our heads. 
If you believe that, good morning. I love you. I believe that you're wrong. You've not seen the glory of God the way the glory of God wants to pour out on this house yet. We've been knee deep, but we've not been in over our heads. And to move forward, to continue pushing on, to continue doing what it is that God has called us and created us to do. You were put here. I was put here. We were put here. This building was placed right here for such a time as this. But we've got to jump in head first, not just saying, oh, yeah, let me do whatever I need. No, you've got to be so full of the Holy Ghost that you're going wherever it is the Spirit wants to take you. You're following the leading of the Lord in every step of our life, not in this house, but when you walk out across that threshold. When we show back up on a Sunday morning, we should still have some wet spots on our clothes from where we dip real good and deep in here on a Sunday morning and all week long we've done our very best to stay wet. But I don't think we're wet. The thought kind of just processed that you can't burn wet wood but you see you can because when the prophet called down the fire they had dumped water on that wood they had drowned it in water and just like that when the fire comes down and sparks inside of us it's going to be that we've been drowned with the spirit Father I love you Lord Father, we've heard your word today. I've done my very best to communicate it the way that you've spoke it to me. God, I believe that our hearts have been challenged. I believe that, Holy Spirit, you're pushing us, you're tugging us, you're moving us. Holy Spirit, I believe that you're giving us just a little bit of anxiousness as we stand here today knowing that we're not deep enough. but we don't really know what that looks like and we don't really know where it's going to take us and the river flows through the dead, dry places, God. But, Lord, I don't, I don't really know. Holy Spirit, you're tugging on our hearts to go deeper. That when people see us, we would appear to be wet, soaking wet with the anointing of God on our life. God, these waters are healing waters. They bring life to dead places. God, and you've called us to bring healing. You've called us to speak life, to bring life into every situation. But we got to jump in the river. Touch our hearts. In Jesus' name. family
you want to step in the river with me and you're willing to dive in head first, you're willing to quit playing in the kiddie pool, you're willing to step out of the lazy river, we're tired of going in circles, but you're ready to go in head first and it's going to be over our head and we don't really know what it is exactly God's going to do next. I want to ask, would you take an action of faith and step into the aisle which will represent the stream today? And as you get closer to this altar, it's a symbol of it getting deeper and deeper. And you're willing to jump in with me. I want to ask, would you step out and would you come and join me around this altar? It's just a symbol to the Father that we're willing to do what it takes we're willing to press on, we're willing to press forward that we know we're not a wasted resource. Father, as we step into these aisles, we're stepping into the river, we're stepping into the stream. Father, that starts at the the temple threshold, Father, that starts at the door of this physical body, this physical church, Lord. This building, God, we're saying as we walk out the door today, we're going to be the stream. We're going to be the river. We're going to follow their spirits leading. Father, fill us with your spirit. God, I pray, Lord, for anybody that's not been filled beyond measure, Lord, that's not had their cup running over with your Holy Spirit. God, you would give them a burning desire like they've never had to have more of you to be baptized in the Spirit. Father, I pray that you would anoint each one of us, God, as we're standing around these altars today. We're standing in a place that at once had been dead, God, and we're bringing it back to life. At once, Father, had seen lost, Lord, but we're standing here in a pool, God, the Dead Sea, Father, that many fish would fill this house. Father, many fish would reside, God, in this pool with us. Father, this sea would be full of life. Hallelujah. God, we give ourselves to you today. We've jumped in the stream head first and we're agreeing. God, committing here today, Lord, maybe it's not an overnight shift. Maybe it's not an overnight change, God, but we're willing to, to press on. We're willing to go deeper, to go beyond this point of our feet being wet, to go beyond the point of our knees being wet, to go beyond the point of waist deep, Father. We're willing to step all the way in. We're willing to go in so that the current of the river, the flow of the Holy Spirit would direct and guide our path and guide every step that we take that our steps would be ordered as we do our best to walk as righteous men and women of God that Lord you would order the steps that are before us God we take the focus off of self we don't want anything to do with us Lord don't let your spirit just roll around inside of inside of us individually God Lord but let it flow out let it take life let it take liberty let it take freedom to every place that we go God let us turn around and look one day and see that life has raised up all around us Lord they might not jump in the river with us God but we know that life is being produced because we're near God the river is attracting Father, and I pray, Lord, that we would attract people to the river by the Spirit, by the river that flows through us. God, and as we attract them, Lord, in some way, shape, or form, allow them to feed off the life that you are. God, as we do everything in our power to commit to you, Father, giving ourselves over to you, admitting, Lord, that we're weak and we want your strength to make us perfect, Holy Spirit, move in us. Hallelujah.
we wait on you, Lord. Lord, we take just a moment and we wait on you to continue to press in. Move in us, Lord. Father, allow this church family as a body, God, allow us to be dripping wet. Father, when we encounter the people we're going to encounter on Saturday, I pray, Lord, that we be looked at, each one of us individually, God, but us as a corporate body of believers, we be looked at knowing that we're anointed, knowing that we're full of the Spirit, knowing that God is moving in us, knowing that there's something different, that there's the glory of God is resting on each one of us, God, Lord, individually, Lord, but as a body. Lord, let it be known that we've been in your presence. Hallelujah. Father, turn our heart inside out. Turn our thoughts inside out. Lord, as we finalize this series of conversations from your prophet Ezekiel, Lord, in Jesus' name, remove the heart of stone, replace it with a heart of flesh. God, give us a love for your people, a love for you like we've never had before. God, awaken us, revive us. Father, we've been awakened over the last two months, God. We've been revived over the last two months. A new life has been breathed into us, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name, God, that the hearts that you've replaced, God, would, would not turn to stone, but they would remain fully pumping and in pumping condition with the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, you've given this church a heart transplant. And you've awakened new life. You've given us a purpose. You've given us a destiny. Lord, we thank you.